0: Say what? Say what radio show with no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to the Say What Show for May 6, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins and with me is Dolly Howard and Walt Silva and Jan Shaw. And Jan and I are not exactly sure why she's here because this is the first Saturday but we both <laughs> thought it was the second Saturday Saturday. My apologize I apologize to Mona because I told her you were going to be on and she must think oh okay what what you know I mean she might have been confused. But um yes so we decided that th- there must be something special about this show that's going to happen because they had us do Jan and today and so Jan must have some secret information that needs to get out <laughs> <laughs> and it, it might be it might be because of the coronation thing too i mean oh yeah possibly. why not have a brit on the day that the the so called king of england is cor cor, cor- is made crown, so- crown. Crowned.
1: crown. crown. crown.
0: crown. 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 Drowned. oh my God! So let let let's just say hi to uh, Dolly here. Dolly, you there? You back with us?
2: Yes, yes. Jan's Jan's over. over. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I like to listen to the end of your show, and of course we always try to get together before the next show to to see how we're working technically um but i like to listen to the very last word (laughs) ah sweet (laughs) i did and i have some things to add about uh charles Mm -hmm.
0: okay hold on to that because i want to say hi to walt
2: oh yes hi walt hi
3: hi hi, dolly hi nancy hi uh, janet
0: you're the only person I know that calls her Janet. <laughs>
3: oh,
1: well, oh. my mum always used to when I was naughty. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh,
2: so what?
3: she used to be called, to being called Goddess. Uh, is that it?
1: <laughs> oh, okay, and. It's been shortened to Jan. But hello, everybody. Nice to be here. Can I start with my announcement? Because I don't know that people know about that. Um, I did announce it on my show a couple of weeks ago now. But um, this is the official announcement that I am actually returning to live in the UK as of the 23rd of May. So I am going to be on a new mission in a new chapter i shall still be doing my show um every saturday and i still plan to be on the say what show once a month even though it'll start at 11 p.m in the uk but um i think the uk is in a as big a mess if not more than we are here so (laughs) i should be expanding my the range of my focus to much more getting into the nitty gritty of the UK politics as well. So, so that's my news.
3: So you're going to be six hours ahead of, ahead of us.
1: I'll be five hours ahead of you in on the on the East coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eight hours ahead on the West coast because I'm in Arizona at the moment and it's, I'm, even Arizona doesn't change the clocks so on technically on Pacific time, and it's eight hours behind the UK. So, but yeah, five hours in relation to the East Coast.
3: Okay. So do you already know where you, where you're going to go? They're
1: expecting you and everything. Yeah, I'm going to be staying with my brother for the foreseeable future. He's in the Midlands, which is, um, we both went to the same university, University of Warwick, which is near Coventry. And that's about a couple of hours north of London. And uh, so I'm going to be staying there. And... uh, yeah visiting friend. i've been already been invited to visit people i know in in england so that's nice but it is going to be a bit of a culture shock because here i am you know in like almost 100 degree temperature in arizona and sweltering in the heat and then i'm going to be going to chile and it often damp england so
3: <laughs> will they be able to understand your americanized accent
1: well, Well obviously the dog thinks not (laughs) I'm going to have to learn To spell again And have, have to change my vocabulary Back and get used to Metric uh, measurements because you know every time I speak to my brother I'll say well it's 100 degrees to go and he'll say well what's that in celsius and I have to look it up <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it is going to be something of a culture shock to go back after 13 years over here but you know it just uh, I've been pointed in that direction so even though i I have somewhat mixed feelings about it Um, I do feel as though it's the thing I have to do. So, you know, maybe
3: you'll find your new husband there.
1: I'm not looking for one.
3: (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's what the universe wants. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I I do feel, I still feel I've had my fill of husbands though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've had you. I've had a fill of your husbands too. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you only knew one of them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I've heard about the others.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, right.
0: I just, I, I, just think that you know, being single is not such a bad idea. I know. And pe- I know. People want to say, you know, you need a mate. No, you don't. They're just going to bring
2: drama and confusion into your life. <laughs> just live with them and don't marry their butt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I must say, it's going to also going to be a bit of a um, a change to be sharing a house with somebody you know because I've got my little RV here and you know I do what I want to do and I've got Keisha here and, and by the way I'm taking my dog with me I could not leave her behind absolutely not it's costing me a fortune but that doesn't matter she's worth more than money um And uh, my brother has a little Cocker Spaniel, so she'll have a friend to play with. But it's gonna be odd to be actually living in a house with somebody else again after, what, six years of being single? I can't believe it's six years, actually. It's just absolutely flown by. But there you go. Yeah, almost as long as I was married to number three. (laughs) So. So yeah, that's my news.
0: Well, I wish you just, you know, blessings, because the thing of it is, is that in this world, we actually don't need to have you present in the country because the whole world is one place now, you know, Mm. more like, you know, somebody moving from California to Florida or Arizona, you know, there has been such a compression of the world. Now we pay attention to China, Russia, and, I mean, all of these different countries. We're peripheral. To our so I just uh, very, very <laughs> sure that it's going to turn out marvelous for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a challenge. I mean, I, I was mad enough to drop everything and come over here at the age of 55 in 2010. And now I'm insane enough to drop everything here and go back to England at the age of sixty seven. It's like, Really? I always said I'm you know, oh I like challenges but boy, um, not many people do that. And then I've got all the complications of, you know, business set up and bank account set up. Oh God. So there's a there's a been a lot to do this end and there's a lot to do that end when I get there. But whatever. I just got the message, it's time to go, so there you go.
0: Well, you'd almost done it twice before.
1: (laughs) I know, I've been thinking about this since last, I guess it was about this time last year it started coming to me. And things have just happened, you know, in terms of my time here, that uh, on an energetic level, it's felt like there's been a gradual disconnect that I don't actually know where I belong here now you know it's been really weird so it was you know whenever I was looking at well where do I go in the summer to not be down here in Phoenix because it's too hot to be here and nothing came up at all and that was when it was like okay well I've got to go.
3: It's interesting you're going to be in the same situation as a as a client, uh, I have a client who's bought one of my resonators and he's a British national, but he lives in Spain. And it's funny that he told me his story. It reminded me of you because he says, come, he says he can't live in the, in the, in, in England because it's too cold and damp. He says, I love the sun. I have to be where the sun is, but come summertime in Spain, it is much too hot and there's too many tourists. So he spends summer in uh, England and the winters in, in Spain. So he, I told him, you know, you remind me of a, <laughs> a British lady who does the same thing here. She uh, navigates between uh, Colorado and Arizona in order to deal with the weather. And it does exactly he does exactly what you did here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I love France actually. I've not, I've only been into northern Spain when we used to vacation just north of the Pyrenees on the Mediterranean. Um, So I've not actually been down into, you know, the heart of Spain. And one of the things that changed for me was that where I used to stay in Colorado at the r v park and I used to help out in the office during the summer, that was sold last september so the the company that's taken it over and you know they want they you know invited me to go back, but the terms were just absolutely unacceptable, so it's kind of all the things that were part of the routine of kind of being taken away and that's always a sign isn't it i mean you know so so yeah and it just felt like i wanted to be back near family so and I can also be politically more active there because I'm a citizen, whereas here, you know, there's all, only so much I could do. I can report on it all, but I couldn't really get involved. And there are there's an organisation over there that I came across and it's called Not My Future. And it's very much a bit like, a, you know, a patriot organisation over here. It's a similar thing that... Uh, you know, leafleting people and all the rest of the thing. Because, you know, let's face it, all of all of these countries, uh, you know, the the globalists are trying to take them over. And as I reported on Rishi Sunak in in the show, you know, he's a W.E.F. puppet. And, you know, it's the same scenario over there, both the conservatives and the the Labour Party they're all compromised. You know, it's like, the Prime Minister. Yeah, Rishi sunak he, he took over when Theresa May got thrown out. No, it wasn't Theresa May. Oh, I've forgotten the name of the woman. Liz Truss, I think. Um, Theresa May resigned. Liz Truss was voted in by the Conservative Party to be the new Prime Minister. And then I think because she wasn't globalist, she got pushed out. So they installed Rishi Sunak, who was voted against when Liz Truss was in the running. So they didn't want him. And yet they installed him to be prime minister. As I say, he's a WF globalist. His wife is running a company called Infosys which is a tech company that her father established and they've just done this major test of an emergency broadcast system which has cost millions which was subcontracted to the very company that happens to be his wife's company i mean it's you know you just can't make this stuff up it's totally incestuously corrupt
0: well, awesome that um, you got a new project out there.
1: <laughs> and yeah. then you're not really
0: going to leave us, you know? Oh That's no, I mean.
1: no, I am definitely not, because you're family, and so yeah. definitely. We're your, st- we're,
0: your re- re- we're your real family. Then you've got blood family. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, your... absolutely,
1: definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sticking around, but not physically, not geographically.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, it's not that far away. No. Just a phone call or a Skype connection.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Dolly. What was it that you wanted to to touch on, sweetie?
1: Um, um.
2: Oh, hold on. I gotta get my note. <clears throat> I don't want to say the wrong thing. Oh, I posted a picture of Charles and his wench in the uh, chat room, so you can see. I did not even know that was a picture of Charles. That's how blatant they have changed him. Uh, It took me three times of looking at it because I read the headline, and then I'm looking at the picture, and I think, well, where's Charles? (laughs) That's him, (laughs) supposedly. That's his... uh,
1: I think it's a double. I'm pretty sure it is. You think? Well, I know, I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> I would and, hope And I so. mean, Camilla looks absolutely ridiculous with that crown perched on her head. I mean, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: it's just... Well, I didn't want anything to do with watching it. That is... a. It was a satanic ritual. I didn't want any part of that coming through TV and into my house, so I did not watch that at all.
1: No, I didn't, and I wouldn't. I was just looking at, on my laptop, I have, if I hover over the temperature thing, it pops up with um, kind of MSN stuff, and it came up with these photos, and I looked at them, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, they look ridiculous. And, I mean, the whole thing in this day and age... It's absolutely crazy. You know, if we're thinking about, I guess it's thinking from outside of a 3D perspective, that what gives these people the right to consider themselves so above the rest of people and to spend these millions of pounds, it's like a hundred million pounds on this spectacle. And I've got something to share on that later. when, well, when they, they had to, Jan,
2: because it was a ritual. True. So they had to. It wasn't a, oh, should we or shouldn't we spend money? Here? No, it was, we have to spend the money because it's a ritual. Uh, and what's coming next, I, I'm curious to see.
1: Have you seen this video? And... um. I think it was on Facebook or Twitter where there's this shot uh, looking down on the in, inside the cathedral of what looks like the Grim Reaper dressed in black. Yes. That is bizarre. I saw like, that
2: today too. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: that is, is spooky.
1: It's like it's what,
2: 6 years and 6 months and 6 days something. It has 666, and it's days and months. Uh, and Since when? Since, see, I, I got confused on that. I uh, think since something, when that thing showed up, that's what it was. That thing showed up after her uh, public death. That picture showed up in the cathedral. If I can I'll find the picture later. Who's
1: who's public death?
2: Queenie Pooh.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> um I have another picture, seeing as we're on the Royals, um posting it in there. It is the picture of The two cars, when Diana was supposedly had the accident, it's the picture of her and Dodie and getting in the car from where they were leaving. That car is a blue or gray color and its license plate is blue. The car in the accident that they took the picture of the back of it is, uh, it's a dark color black or or a dark color and the license plate is yellow. It's hello people. She didn't die. She figured it out. And she had told people two years prior to that that he was gonna kill her. I think you said that in the in your show. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> so it it she knew oh hey thanks Nancy I couldn't figure out
1: how to do that because she also had um she also worked with a psychic um for quite some time you know i think after she'd after she and charles had split up but um yeah i mean the the whole thing this is this is why this whole coronation thing leaves such a bad taste in your mouth i mean it's one of those things where i can remember exactly where i was the day i you know the day it happened where they announced that she was dead it's like oh my god it's unbelievable it's the kind of thing similar to what people felt about the jfk assassination Excuse i mean
3: me, it, i'm a little bit confused about the photos okay uh, i see the that one uh, so the bottom one is supposed to be her vehicle
1: in the tunnel where the where the crash happened
3: Yes, so, I see that.
1: Yeah, the top one was where they were leaving the Ritz in Paris I think it was uh. the Ritz and then the bottom one was actually in the tunnel Supposedly where the crash happened
3: and that's supposed but, to be her vehicle there. That's yeah. what the story is mm-hmm. oh, I yeah, see.
1: yeah, and I mean I've read reports where there was a lot of satanic symbolism related to that that location, that tunnel, all sorts of things. It was it was, you know, supposed to be a satanic kind of sacrifice um event. And I mean the whole story about I mean, you could look at it two ways. Um, you know, there were these stories about how l- the that she was alive when the first responders got there and you know whether she wasn't treated properly then you've got the ambulance taking a ridiculously amount of time to get to the hospital so you know you could look at it in two ways one is they wanted her to die because they wanted her out of the picture on the other hand, you could say, well, actually, that was the way that they managed to get a living Diana out of the picture, um, making it seem as though she was dead, you know, because there's kind of two two possible options there. And there's another one
2: um, that the good guys, the white hats, took her, staged the accident. When Charles planned it, they took over and staged it so that they had Diana and Dodie in a safe place.
1: Mm.
2: And they had um, something in the car pretending to be Diana. Mm. And that way the royals thought, oh, she's dead. Now we can do this and this and this. And we don't have to be afraid she's going to spill the beans so that the royals would go ahead and do their evil deeds so they could get uh, uh, caught uh, uh, seen doing their bad things. There's so many ways we could look at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I got another picture, well, this is a video uh, in the England stadium with the with the crowd, the stadium crowd, singing, you can stick your coronation up your arse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was Celtic, the Celtic football club. Yeah, I saw that. That was great. Uh, And actually, there's another one. There's another one. Oh, where was it? Hang on, it's in my telegram, where (laughs) there was this stadium where they were supposed to be holding a, you know, uh, kind of celebration thing for the coronation and somebody mowed <laughs> the shape of a of a penis in the oh, grass I saw that. in the grass <laughs> yes yeah. a
2: huge uh,
1: one
2: I didn't think I should <laughs> post that so
1: I didn't do that one. <laughs> Well, we are yeah it was um is it uh I, that one doesn't say it um it's not I don't think it's in London, or was it? Uh,
2: I don't know where... Oh,
1: well, it was where they were going to be at one point. I thought it was uh, an area where there was going to be a celebration, not necessarily where, you know, uh, Charlie and Camilla were going to be, but... um, I thought it was somewhere like Brighton or somewhere like that, but the one I've saved into my Telegram account doesn't actually say
2: where it is exactly. (laughs) I don't remember. No, I just tickled it. It That's what yeah. Yeah. It
1: it it just shows how you know uh, unimpressed people are with all this. Bullshit. can i share this with you because this i came across on my um let me see on my facebook and this is something um that somebody shared on it was a meme there's something called the memes post and there's a lot of joking about charles and his sausage fingers <laughs> oh yes i saw that too <laughs> this this person said um nancy von coder shares i have a friend in london on telegram and here's what they did about the coronation the public couldn't even get to it it was all fake Hey, friends, I'm working all weekend. That's why I'm not doing updates. But just received this from Amanda. Our boots on the ground in London right now reporting the following. I'm here in London. And let me tell you guys, everything is off key. Everywhere is blocked off. And police are in full force. Even the stewards are like little Hitlers. I came across my tribe chanting against the monarchy. Listen, friends, and... Spelling it like the Q people do, F R E N S. Listen, friends, I've been coming to every military band event with the monarchy, etc., for years. Not for them, but I love military bands. And never has London been blocked off anywhere. The police and stewards are on you if you even try and take photos over the boarded areas. They say the same narrative. It's full of people over the other side, and for security purposes, we can't let you in. I've been in viewing areas that have been 20 lines deep in the past. Something definitely doesn't add up. Something came to my mind, just a thought, even far-fetched maybe, but what if they have hired many extras on NDAs to line up in certain parts of the mall and BBC film those parts of cheering fans. And it's all a farce. or there simply isn't anyone there except Freemasons and their families with tickets to get into the mall and Westminster Abbey. When you look at the info online, they tell everyone to make their way on the routes Charles is doing, but you can't, it's all boarded up, every single area. You can't see a thing. They even have face recognition surveillance fans jotted around. This is an update from me on the London streets. What a load of bollocks. So they, Venus,
3: they pocketed or 100 million <clears throat> for a non-event? Maybe. Because it sounds it, like it, the coronation never happened. No, nobody was there to see it.
1: Well, I don't know, but it, it <laughs> kind of, it's reminiscent to what, you know, Nancy Drew and the like have been reporting about D.C., you know, but it's actually, although it'd be difficult to do that in London, I would have thought, because, you know, you're in the middle of the metropolis, so you've got things going on all the time and loads of traffic and everything else, but I mean, it did say in one of the reports that you know, the number of uh, guests at the coronation were way below what they normally are, you know, it was like 2,200 as opposed to Eight thousand so uh, and the whole thing I'm sure it's all you know I'm sure it's all part of this plan to expose everything. the more I think about it, you know it's staged it's not the right people um they their well, could demand, they have just
0: could it, they have just been afraid that nobody was going to show up. And, and wow, instead wow. of having empty streets, they are, they blocked them off and are putting in, like you say, the, you know, the, the paid actors.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they,
0: because think they, of it, eighty-six percent of the population said they weren't going to take that oath.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I asked you, I said, "Do you think anybody will show up?" And you, you know, we both agreed that there was probably. Enough, but maybe there wasn't enough people that they thought would show up, the crazy people, because the crazy people that would show up to support them are also the crazy people that are half dead because they're so fearful of everything and they might have been afraid to go down there because who knows, there might have been a mass casualty event. You know, maybe they just, you know, the worst thing you can do to to a play is not show up.
1: (laughs) Well, the other thing that's weird, if you think about it, well, I thought about it, is you know we've got this massive immigrants, illegal immigrants. Um, there was a a video of this imam calling all these Muslims to prayer in I think it was it was by the Obelisk in London, you know, literally. So okay, um, it was almost like, and I'm. This is just coming to me. You know, it's almost like it was sanitized because they didn't want a bunch of illegal immigrants turning up and, you know, putting a spanner in the works. I mean, when you think about the thousands and thousands of illegals that have come into the UK, uh, many of whom live in London, what? I don't know, it's weird.
2: It's weird. The whole thing is weird. Well, I think it was an important, a very, very, very important ritual. And they could have been scared that if they let real people in, they would mess up the ritual part of this thing. So they just had uh, the Masonics and, and the people who participated in this ritual.
1: So how would you describe the ritual? What, In what way? Because I know we talk about, you know, the satanic um, sacrificial rituals. What was this one?
2: I have no idea. I'm guessing. Mm. I, I don't even want to know. Well, did
3: they have a red carpet to signify blood? I didn't watch it. Oh, oh I
1: th- they always have a red carpet for the royalty. Oh. <laughs> well, wasn't there
3: think... uh, something, an event that did not have a red carpet? Wasn't there with some political event and that you
0: covered? The Oscars. On... It was the Oscars. Oh, ah, the Oscars.
1: Because, ah, mm. I mean, there's I mean... a report on Gateway Pundit. This was saying... Um, deeply religious ceremony captures the imagination of millions around the world but UK sees growing apathy in regards to monarchy and you know my my feeling about this and maybe you know part of how it was orchestrated is a reflection of that that you know, there is this great awakening going on and more and more people are saying, we are sovereign. There's there's no um, validation of this kind of um, elitism anymore. You know, what gives... And I saw something, uh, it was like, you know, how it was a post, I think, on Telegram. How did the how did kings get established in the first place they just did it through conquering through strength you know the minions and then they set themselves up as you know we're your monarch <clears throat> and then we have this um bloodline divine right to rule over well you. that's why
3: uh K- king arthur failed if you I, I know that a lot of people argue that arthur wasn't real and it was a work of fiction and everything. I've I've come across written material that argues other otherwise, that is actually it was like because Thomas Han, Hanbury White he was the one who wrote the book The Once and Future King. And he wrote the the story of Arthur is based on a on a, an even older uh, l- like um it's like it's like a poetic, it's like a lyrical a poem written by Thomas Hanbury uh, Sir Thomas Hanbury White the Once and Future King and that was written sometime in the 1600s and the problem with the the way that that uh I read the book the Once and Future King and I, I noticed that what happened at the time of Arthur England had England wasn't considered a single country. England was made up of little kingdoms for the different every area had a king. So uh, as the story progresses, uh, Arthur is going through all these kingdoms and he's fighting them and also uniting them. He was creating like a confederation made up of all that he he didn't defeat the kings telling them okay you're out of here i'm the king no he actually kept them in and in fact the the the, the beginnings of the round table if you think about it all those uh, knights were actually representative of the kingdom that they came from so so that's how, that's how that was the beginning of that story and that's uh, what that's what uh, Arthur wanted to unite the entire island and have this confederation. But unfortunately, one of the things, I, I don't consider myself an expert political anything, but I noticed there was a sing, uh, a simple flaw, is that everything was based on brute force. Those, the, the kings that succumbed and became members of this confederation that uh, Arthur wanted, even though they weren't I mean, they weren't killed, they didn't lose any property, but they were all subservient to Arthur. So as long as he lived, the confederation lasted. Once he was gone, he would, that, that, that's what they were all praying for. They were praying that he would be gone so they could go back to business as usual. Because everything was based on brute force. There wasn't any. Really? <laughs> there was no. They didn't want to be members of the confederation because it was a beautiful thing and follow, following, you know, human nature of cooperation and, and all good things. No, they, they, they lived by the, the, the sword and died by it. So.
1: And if you think about it, it's a bit like, a, you know, a smaller version of um, the, how the states operate, because each state has its governor. And then you've got this. I mean, especially evident now. You've got this. You know, idiot in the White House, who's trying to federalize. Well, not him, but the globalists are trying to federalize everything and bring everybody under their reign, if you like. You know, and wanting... remember,
2: they're not really in the White House.
1: They no, might no, no. be in a White House. But not be white out. But the principle is, they're all trying to bring every jurisdiction, the whole world, under their control, just like you know um, Arthur did. It's it's um, and I I had some other comment to make, and it's gone. It'll come back to me. But uh, but yeah, it was basically saying, you know these people have assumed these rights over us they have no um well that's the story of spiritual, the spiritual um that's right. what happened
3: to the Vedrus. i mean w- when you read the story of anastasia and the ringing cedars of russia you know these these people lasted for thousands and thousands of years and then all, all of a sudden you had the appearance of all these princes and the princes were calling you know the, the, you know we rule this or we own this and the vedrus fought with every fiber of their being i mean the the, the last 1000 years that they survived they survived in very small numbers because they, they isolated themselves but these these princes the all the oldest royalty they took their their spaces by force not by mm-hmm. any divine right
1: no, absolutely. And it's all been done by concrete. I mean, look at, um, you know, King William, um, 1066, when the Nor- the Norman conquering co- came in and took over England. It, it has all been done by brute force. I mean...
3: England has been conquered how many times?
1: Oh, you, God, you I mean, you have, have, you have William, of, William of Orange... <laughs> The the Vikings came in, the Romans came in, you know, um, even the Windsors of the Saxe-Coburgs, they're not British or English. They are German by, um, you know, their bloodline is German.
0: Yeah.
1: And they just changed stop.
0: Let's just stop here so people understand what you just said. Tell the history of the Windsors, how they actually got in control, if you can.
1: Well, I'm not... I'm not that au fait with the, (laughs) with the in-depth history, but, and I'm not sure which king it was that started the whole thing. Um, I don't know if it was Edward or George, but anyway, that they, they were of German descent and it was from the Saxe-Coburg line. And they changed their name to Windsor because of the fact that England had been at war with the Germans in World War One and World War Two. So they didn't want to be associated with the enemy. Now, how they... I cannot remember. I mean, I, I did history like 50 you plus know what? years they ago. They must have
3: married somebody because all of the, that's how they did it. They would uh, uh, secure alliances by marrying... Mm-hmm into, into mm-hmm. the blood so somebody must have gotten somebody married with somebody else <laughs> well the reason you might not remember
0: it is that it's been covered
3: up
1: it well, just never well, uh, you, you uh, didn't sorry, have uh, access
0: sorry. to the information because they didn't want people to know that
1: and it may have it may been please. something to do with philip I don't phillips prince phillips prince Philip was was from greece if i remember and i'm not sure one of them was from the um vlad the impaler bloodline you know the original dracula from transylvania um there's all sorts that is very uh, dark you know in terms Well, that,
3: that of would the, explain the the blood drinking that they do originally
1: yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely Yeah, it says Prince Philip was born to Prince Andrew, a son of King George I of Greece. Um, When he was an infant, his family was exiled. Blah, blah, blah. Um, As I say, I don't know. It'd be interesting to look into it, actually, to see. But I know there's some element of the royal family that is from Vlad the Impaler bloodline and I mean Prince Philip I mean when you saw him he looked so damn evil you know and of course they're all pedophiles I mean you know Lord Mountbatten who was Charles's uncle was a known pedophile Um, you've got Jimmy Savile who was totally within the circle of the royal family and who was it that it was one of um, the punk rockers who was on, on the BBC set exposing Jimmy Savile and his pedophilia. And he got basically canceled. Um, And of course we've got Prince Andrew. We've got so many stories about the Royal family being reptilian and shape-shifting um, you know, it it's as dark as you could ever want like, want it to be. You know, the the Queen and Prince Philip in Canada, where all these kids went missing. Hello. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> I I just heard sort of heard Dolly say again in my ear, I don't want to spend more time on this because I don't want to give them or maybe you said that I mean, I think maybe it was you Jan because it is we could spend you know hours just talking about the complexity of the royal families not just in England but all over and who they were and what they were and um, you know my, my, my history tells me that they all came out of the Charlemagne Habsburg you know thing but now I'm thinking yeah but where were the Casarians and all this so um i know that dolly had some other things she wanted to
3: to she's got a list
0: well oh, here hazarians, we are
1: here we are hang on let me uh the
3: hazarians were pretending to be jews and, and all the royal courts had jewish members
1: i've just found an article king Jo king charles III is real life count dracula's descendant he owns property in transylvania Um, the real-life Count Dracula, a fictional character who is based on Vlad Tepes, is actually related to King Charles III. But only a few people knew that, but it's completely true. The king is actually the great-great-grandson, 16 times removed, of Vlad the Impaler. There were many royal family stories that have emerged since King Charles took the throne, but this one has to be the most random one of all. Blah, blah, blah. He, he became... the Tep, Tepes was the ruler of Wallachia, a Romanian country from the 15th century that eventually became Transylvania. He became famous during his time due to his in, unique torturing methods of impaling enemies in, on wooden spikes, such terrible traditions that led him to be linked to Bram, Sto- Bram Stoker's Dracula character. So... <clears throat> there you go I, I knew there was somebody in the line that was related so it's actually Charles it doesn't surprise me so the okay. reason I said it
0: Charles is the, the king they're crowning today or did yeah. yeah okay so he's he's related he has the genetics of somebody that was the the uh, uh, profile of Dracula Yes And, and you I, want said, to, I said, and I said and on, it,
1: the show, on the that's show, show That's <laughs> probably why And and it echoes when I talk to you Nancy by the way I don't know why that is um, It echoes what I was saying about This ridiculous oath And everything That um, he was asking he, All his subjects To pledge their allegiance to and the the archbishop said something like god and um you know god save the king um and it was may the may the king live forever and that's what i said on the show said it's interesting isn't it because vampires actually live for you know dracula lived forever as a as a vampire it's like the undead
0: Yes, and that's what I was about to say, was that, you know, because that was, when you told me what he was was asking the people to say, to live forever, I'm going like, is he supposed to have a non-stop adrenal chrome supply, or what, you know, what is this? I mean, good Lord, now we're getting into vampires behind the cabal?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's almost like it is a satanic pledge, you know. Well, God, it's this is getting what is, what, what, ritual what's, what's
3: what is adrenochrome if it's not vampirism? What is adrenochrome? Exactly,
1: exactly. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
3: And
0: where did wh- who was drinking human blood? The Casarians. Are the Casarians all vampires?
3: <sighs> That's why I think they the the human their human genome has been mutated after centuries of living that way. They're no longer human. Or mm. maybe they're really related to humans like long distance relatives but not fully human because they've already shown how it changes you look at look at all the movie stars and uh singers that had their adrenochrome supply interrupted they 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 get uh they age 20 years in a week look at us uh, i saw the pictures of celine dion before oh god yeah
1: it She's was like got... she
3: was like her own great grandmother <laughs>
1: And all all skin and bones, I mean, she just went to skeleton.
0: (laughs) Okay, there's an interesting Bible quote, and it is supposedly God talking. And he says, you can eat animals, but you can't drink their blood. Okay, so Mm -hmm. it's all right. So if you go back to the Bible, they're telling you don't drink their blood. Well, that kind of should make us all stand back and say, "Why?"
1: Because you know, that's the life force.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's the life force of of people. But if you, what does it mean in its in in in, in the final conclusion of it? It means that you start doing that. You're no longer a child of God. You broke God's commandment.
1: You know, and and how many of these so-called celebrities have been literally boasting? You know, exposing themselves as drinking their partner's blood, even. Or I mean, look at Chrissy Teigen. I mean, she is just dark as hell, and and you know she had all these. Um, was it on Instagram? All these posts on Instagram um that have since been deleted. But the, uh, some of these people are, are doing this openly. It's like, you know, the Pizzagate stuff and Elephantis and all sorts of people literally admitting to cannibalism. It, uh, and yet they feel as though they have the the power to put this out there without any repercussions.
0: A very strange world, Dolly. Do you have a, another subject? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes,
2: Dolly. I do, but it kind of it kind of goes along. Okay. Uh, well, we are quite a WAY down the
1: rabbit hole hole now, so let's go further. <laughs> Okay, it was the personal experience I had
2: yesterday. Let me see, Posse. Posse wants me to share. Oh, yeah. The Posse wants me to share this. Bear with me. Yesterday, a supposed man came to the door. For some reason, I didn't even want to answer the door. It felt awful. Um, I opened it a crack, because Doc was going absolutely apeshit. And um it said it was looking for Russell. I told it Russell wasn't home. Damien was there though. It kept saying someone is in your drive. It was Damien and that's boyfriend. And then it wanted to know who who was in the driveway. Damien. And 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 he, it even asked Damien, who are you? Damien didn't answer him. But um, I told it, it's none of your business. I was pissed. Like then I was pissed. And I kept losing. Okay, long story shortened, it wanted to pick up a table that Russell had for sale. And Russell had told me nothing about it. It was very strange. It was tall, slender, humped over, older being with medium-length white hairs, lots of jerky movements, demanding and cajoling at the same time, swayed a lot in all directions. It was horrible to be near. I wanted to go in the house. So I finally made connection with Russell who didn't know it was coming today at that time. It never confirmed a day nor time with Russell. So it was sent to Russell's, oh, uh, so it was sent to Russell's storage where the table was, but it wouldn't leave my house. It was sucking the life out of me. I couldn't breathe and was having bad heart issues. I almost, I didn't realize what the heck was going on. I just kept getting weaker and having trouble not falling to the ground. It finally left me. My saving grace was that I knew Damien was in the house, and all I had to do was call for him. And dummy me, I forgot about the angels, but I felt them there with me. So upon talking with the posse last night, they pointed out these these things to me, and they want you all to take note of these things. It had no life force feeling. It was attempting to suck mine from me. It was excluding, exuding a terrible atmosphere around it. Very bad. It seemed to be scattered in looks, actions, and words, and I felt it had an agenda and I couldn't get away fast enough. I felt I was being pulled toward it by an unseen force. It was confusing me. I couldn't think. I was experiencing great difficulty breathing. My heart was beating hard, causing chest pain. It had no soul. I figured that out. It was an empty shell. Yes, I should have figured it out immediately, but I didn't. I'm human and not always aware of surroundings when I should be. I was at home, after all, and didn't expect something to attack me at home. So the posse says... Uh, that y'all should pay attention to those signs I just read. Um, It wanted me to share it. That It was an evil being attempting to take my soul. If I had invited it into my house, I would have lost that battle between good and evil, and I would have lost my soul because I invited it in. Never but invited in, I did remember to not invited in, but I couldn't remember why the angels were there with me, but they had to allow me my freedom of choice, especially in this instance. I asked the posse what was that about. I felt it was a test, and am glad I passed it. They said yes. It was a test, and at the same time, it was a lesson I needed to experience for myself so I can pass it on to others with a personal knowledge of what I'm sharing. They want me to share this because this type of scenario will be happening more and more often now in many different ways to lots and lots and many people. They want everyone to be on the alert when someone is acting strangely and they feel as if the being is not a living, is, is a non-living and or empty shell and you feel extremely uncomfortable being in its vicinity. Keep your souls protected at all times. Call upon your angels to help you stay strong. If you feel the need or just plain want, the angel's with you to call upon them. They'll help you to stay strong. It sounds but, like you encountered
3: a Slenderman.
2: I don't know. But it is up to you to protect your souls. Don't invite evil in.
1: You know, I, I get the feeling that what we're seeing at the moment is this on a mass scale. And what we're seeing is the effects of weak, weak people, spiritually weak people who have been sucked into this and have become these violent, reactive people because, let's face it, evil is trying to take over this world. And... There are very weak people out there who are easily influenced and easily give in. They've been trained by thing, you know, by all these um, reality TV shows to allow emotions to take over them. They've got no self-control whatsoever. And it's almost like you were seeing an example of the kind of attack that the whole world is under that certain of us like you did dolly you you saw that you you um you resisted it you acted in in the way that you know maintained your spiritual integrity but look at how many people aren't capable of doing that and all this violence that has erupted seems to me to be an example of those people being taken over that's are you,
0: what that's, are you, Forgetting the vaccinations and the fact that these people could be manipulated because of the antenna systems they've got in their. But the very
1: f- the very fact that they gave into the vaccinations.
0: It's, not, it's the whole thing, though.
1: Yeah, shows their, the ability to be manip- manipulated. Exactly, Dolly. It's what the posse said. It's
2: the these non. Non-human beings are trying to get our souls. That's the whole thing they're trying to do. They're non-human. They are evil beings that need to get our souls. And um, all the things you just said, that's what could have made them turn into that type of a being and lose their soul. They, if they took the vaccine, the biohazard shot they literally gave their soul away so yeah what you're saying is exactly what uh the posse was saying
0: okay we're going to take a break here but when we come back dolly i'd like to ask you what would you recommend somebody do versus what you did or maybe oh yeah yeah okay so we'll come back and we'll talk that way and I'm not sure why you asked me except I'm beginning to understand you wanted me to have You'll Never Walk Alone correct?
2: Yes, yes
0: okay, it's, it's a short one just under three minutes
3: When you walk through a storm
1: hold your hand
0: And the sweet silver song of love
1: Walk on
0: it? And welcome back to the second hour of the Say What Show. It's May 6th, 2023. That first hour was very strange.
2: <laughs> Are you guys back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, heard, I from heard from Jake. From Jake. Uh, He is, is, uh, uh, I don't feel well, so so I'm in bed, bed. so it gives him something to do, because I told him, uh, I reminded him about the show. He says, awesome, I'm going to listen to it. So I'm glad I reminded him. So um, Jake, I'm going to send you some healing energies, and please, others out there, send Jake some (laughs) healing energies, and thank you. Okay.
1: We seem to be having a, an English-focused show, given that that was Jerry and the Pacemakers, and I grew up not far from Liverpool, which is where they were. I think it was Liverpool. So, interesting. Well, that's, that's that's
0: even more synchronistic, because she asked me a few days ago to put that up in the playlist.
1: So, Steve, <laughs> okay.
0: this, this show is definitely meant to be with you here. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Oh boy, don't you just love it. I had a very, did you want to change the subject somewhat this time, Nancy? (laughs) I would like to explain
2: to people how not to react like I did. Oh yes, please. Yes. Um, I was, I didn't have any uh, protection up around me or anything like that. I'm in my house with all these angels I didn't even think about there might be somebody confronting me that I need extra protection. So uh, try to remember like if you, if some stranger comes to your door, put up extra protection, ask the angels for strength to combat whatever comes your way Um, and to be able to discern immediately as it's a good or bad being. Is it a human or is it a it uh, that's wanting your soul? Because you just never know. I mean, I've entertained angels, but when you get the feeling, excuse me, when you get the feeling this is not good, this is just, I need to be more aware of what this thing is standing in front of me. Does it feel like it has life to it? Or does it feel like something empty? I didn't do this stuff. And I know better. I wasn't feeling so good that day. I can't use that as an excuse. I should have realized what the heck was going on, especially when it was sucking my energy and I felt it. I almost saw it, uh, but I felt my energy being sucked out by that it, and I couldn't get rid of it. And that should have said, Dolly, get away from it.
1: Don't you think they come in when you least expect it, so they catch you unawares?
2: Absolutely, yes, Jim. How did you finally get rid of it? Um, I, I kept trying to... Pr- uh, energetically push it out, and um, because I had taken it in the garage to look for the table, but it wasn't there. And I talked with Russell, and he said, "Have him come to the storage." And Russell said, "This this was a crazy, crazy, crazy being." So even he realized something was wrong. But um, it finally it, it told me. I said to it, "Look, I don't feel good." I am having heart issues right now, and I was leaning my whole weight on the table forward, so on my arms, leaning on the table, and it knew it. And it said, you sit in that chair there. I looked at him, you can't tell me what to do in my house. And so it said it wanted to linger. It, It was trying to say things to linger longer. I said, you need to go. Go meet Russell at the storage bin. Well, well, I need directions, and and I said, go. I finally worked up enough energy to say, go. And it looked at me again and said, sit in that chair. I said, get out. And so as soon as it got to the door threshold for the garage door, I hit the button so it was shutting and it could It would either move out because it was in a forward motion or it would get hit on the head by the garage door. So that's how it got out. And yes, what you put in there, that's what it looked like, that Slender Man.
3: Yep.
2: Wow. Tell me about the Slender Man. What is it? Well,
3: the Slender Man became a meme it, uh, it actually, it's a character that's starty, started in, um, in a, an online, uh, like an online, instead of being a novel written on paper, it was a novel written on the internet. Somebody started writing uh, this chapter-based story called uh, Marble Wasps. And it's the story of a man who, for some reason, something happens when he goes back to his hometown and uh he couldn't get hold of uh where he finds that the parents aren't there that they moved out of the town and he was confused because they never contacted him so but as the story progresses he keeps encountering this mysterious character that has no face absolutely no no, no face uh, and depending on uh which which story i mean or whoever is publishing this Some some of the of the uh, images of the Slenderman show Slenderman as having tentacles coming out of his back, and everything is his body. Everything is black because he's wearing the suit. Oh
2: well, uh, this guy that this this it at my door was had the white hair, white clothes on. It wasn't black at all. It was white.
1: But it was shaped
2: that way, disguising
1: um, um, himself as lightning. Uh, dark,
3: creepy as hell. Don't forget, creepy as hell. Oh
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I I have one more thing the posse wants me to share. It'll be real fast. When someone says you are a square, or you're square, attempting to fit, you're a square attempting to fit into a circle. Be flattered. A square has 12 flat surfaces, which comprise of 6 flat surfaces times 2, which equals 12 flat sides. Counting front and back, or referenced as top and bottom, those sides. It has 12 lines connecting all sides together, and it has 8 corners. All of these things um, can hold information. A circle has one continuous line and two flat surfaces. So which formation is more interesting, the square or the circle? Which would you rather be compared to, a square or a circle? The posse says the square, of course. It has more facets to it, making it available to contain and or attract more surfaces to allow Uh, no, it has those surfaces and it allows more information to adhere to it. Even the corners can collect and store data. So uh, they're saying if somebody calls, says to you, you're a a square trying to fit into a circle, just thank them. Well, a circle is closed. Nothing can get in, nothing can get out. That's true, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's that and the posse's that's all they told me last night. I'm done.
3: Good learning, Sheriff. Now you know what, tell your men what to look out for. <laughs> well,
0: just don't walk out. Just think of yourself as completely. See, I, I've had situations where I felt something at the fence because I can't get in. Something at the fence might be a threat. And I I call in everybody, you know, everybody here, come on, you know, I don't want any vomit at my fence, you know, let's let's take care of this. And very often, whoever's there or whatever's there just leaves. Doesn't happen very often, but um, my recommendation is to everybody is to think in terms of wake up in the morning and say, protect me.
2: Yeah,
3: go
0: to the night and say thank you. Yeah, so nice. you don't get into these things because what what we're trying to do is to program ourselves. Somebody's going to control your mind. Might was well be.
3: Well, so that's if, why I wanted to ask uh, Dolly at the beginning of the of the show is that um, I knew I know that she communicates with Mister Turtle. I was curious to know if she communicates with the Hoponopono uh, resonator that I sent you, that you said you have it in your room. So that's a device that you can program to protect you. And it doesn't rest. It doesn't go to sleep.
2: That's true. I didn't think of doing that, but I have communicated with it. Um, Just recently, like a couple days ago, I was talking to it. I forgot what we were talking about, but (laughs) that's a good idea. I'm going to talk to it about. uh, Yeah. The, what you just said
3: it'll yeah. set up a feel of protection and like i said it, it doesn't need to go to sleep like mr turtle they're always no, on we have to we have to continually program it even though it
0: we don't need to program it but we need to program it so that we program ourselves makes mm. sense yep we have to interact we're the
3: ones who forget not the device
0: <laughs> exactly exactly but well, it's
1: interesting it, what you said because The last week, probably, you know, I've been waking up in the night. In fact, the other one night I didn't sleep at all. Well, I was up before six, which is like unheard of for me. But I've been feeling anxiety and I don't know whether it's to do with the move and everything. So I'll say a prayer and, you know, say, you know, please make this move go smoothly and stress free and clear any negative entities and everything else you know i'm always i'm almost wondering if there's something trying to prevent me from going over there i don't know maybe that's you know just me trying to figure out why i'm feeling this way because i'm not that kind of person to be anxious well the posse's telling me right now don't forget
2: you can wrap yourself in a love blanket and with all the things that you need at that moment in time, um, don't forget you always have the love blanket as a tool.
1: Thank you, Dolly. I appreciate that. I will remember that, and I'll wrap it around me and Keisha. <laughs> yes, yes. I and sent
2: uh, uh, I sent a love blanket to Jake mm-hmm. with love and healing in it.
0: And Jan, yeah, I'm I'm. Uh, being led down the road of the uh, purple flame or the violet ray or, you know, the purple ray, the, the the flame. The, I mean, it's like that energy, that, that purple energy. And I highly recommend that you begin to think in terms of just letting yourself, you know, think in terms of being in that purple energy because we're in the age of Aquarius which is dominated by the frequency that is best represented color wise by purple. And I feel that it's another tool in our toolkit to navigate this changing reality that we find ourselves in. But it's one that will um, disengage anything doesn't match the blueprint of the new reality, mm, I, yeah. That, that was just a download. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah, interesting. So I have a couple of other points um, from. Well, I've got three points I want to talk about. One of them was to do with what you are saying. What you know, you shared Hot Dolly about these. What we talked about of these entities trying to take over our souls and everything. Has anybody seen the image of, and there was no date on it, but it was a guy, and I don't even remember who it was, with Mitch McConnell stood next to him looking completely absent, terrified, um, it was like he wasn't even there. And the weird thing is, you know, I was looking at this, I think it was on Twitter and I'm thinking, well, Mitch McConnell ended up in the hospital because he'd had this fall. There was nothing on the tweet to indicate when this was, but it was like he wasn't it was like he wasn't blinking. It was like he was absolutely mesmerized. Has ever, anybody else seen that? No, I haven't. Yeah, that was totally weird. And, I mean, he look, people were saying he looks like he's about to burst into tears as if he'd, he'd, he'd been taken over completely. So, you know, maybe he had a visit from the Slenderman. Um, well, if I don't know if I can find that because it was in a Twitter thread, but uh, if I can, I'll share it. The other thing is, going back to what you were saying about the square peg in a round hole, you know, the, the dynamics of the square yeah. and the fact that, you know, it had so many sides. I've had this thought for a while about, and I haven't been able to find anything that gives me any kind of explanation. Why was there a push to move from imperial measurements to metric Because, you know, I was brought up in in England, you know, there's 12 inches in a foot and there's three, three feet in a yard and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we talk about the 12 disciples and the 12 having quite a significant energetic imprint and things like that. And it occurred to me, have we been, you know, in England, it's all in the metric now. And that's going to be a major challenge for me. Why was there this push to move from imperial to metric? Oh. Is it to have you, remove? Have you,
3: have you earth? Have you had a chance to come across a book called the the Earth Grid by Bruce Cathy? No. Okay, where he talks about how the the there's a, a this a grid of uh, force lines enveloping the the planet, and he talks about the significance, for example, I, I'm not a mathematician. That's why I can't uh, rely on my memory to tell me how to do the numbers correctly. But he actually shows with mathematical equations how the the, the um, speed of light is related to the value of one, 144,000. I know the speed of light is not 144,000 miles or kilo or whatever, but he actually elaborates and explains how it's related. So he goes on to the entire book, he goes on to explain how the uh, for, to truly grasp the mathematics of the earth grid, everything has to be based on uh, the mathematics of 12, not 10. So, for example, he shows in the book that it, if you pay attention or if you look at the chronology of where atomic bombs were detonated, they weren't detonated at random or wherever they chose to detonate it. They had to be detonated at specific places because unless it's in a specific location, the bomb will not go off. That's how... In fact, that's that's why Bruce Cathy was persecuted for his work because he was, he was actually showing her the some of the tricks that these people don't want you to know. So how do you
1: spell related. his last name?
3: One at yeah, a time. One at a time, ladies. Where our brains, we're there are, We have guys in the audience, and our brains are very slow, so we can't listen to you both at the same time.
1: <laughs> I was asking what, how you spell his last name.
3: Oh, C-A-P-H-I-E, Kathy.
1: Okay. Because I was wondering if it was linked to the ley lines.
3: Yes. Yes, it is connected to the ley lines.
1: Okay.
0: The nuclear bombs also had to be time coordinated, Walt. Uh-huh. It wasn't just location, it was time. If I, I- I, that's what I remember. Now, how, when, how long ago was that, 30 years?
1: I I wonder if it's linked to, you know, Tesla's, you know, if you understand the three, six, nine principle, then you understand how the universe works because you can have nine plus three, you can have six plus six, you can have three time, you know, three, three, three. And, And that's why I questioned it because it's like, is this another, um, Strategy to separate us from that, you know, um, universal numerological thing.
3: Uh, look at look at the radio chat. Uh, if you have a uh, on this on your screen, I wrote I put the uh, the the bio on Bruce Cathy.
1: All right, I haven't s- I need, just need to scroll down. I think. No, I can't see it. Why not? Anyway. I'm-
3: are you looking at the radio chat in the on the on yeah. your browser yeah it's not there yeah yeah oh okay sorry there it is,
1: there it is. okay excellent mm. yeah because well, i mean all these don't things we want,
0: oh, so let's just read this well read the read this so that people can know who he was
3: okay okay Bruce, Cathy, Bruce, Cathy. Bruce Leonard Cathy was a New Zealand airline pilot who wrote seven books related to flying saucers and a world energy grid. His central thesis was that he could use mathematics to describe a grid-like pattern on Earth that powers flying saucers and controls the dates and places where nuclear bombs can function. In his book, The Harmonic Conquest of Space, uh, uh, Wikipedia, born February 11, 1930, died June 2, 2013, Takapuna, Auckland, New Zealand, occupation airline, pilot, and author. Okay, so I I, I remember having this, I, I bought this book from uh, Borderline Borderlands Sciences Research Foundation, and uh, that's why I, I know of his, of his name. He was serious about this business. So in fact, um, he was, I i forget now who told me, he was actually persecuted for his, for publishing that book. It, it seems that that book had in information that there weren't, nobody was supposed to know. But he was I'm, kind of persecuted for that book.
1: I'm not surprised. I saw a post, I didn't save it for some reason, that was listing out all the people who had been um developing the free all sorts of free energy devices who all ended up dead i mean on all you know all different modalities of it i mean it is you know well horrendous um
2: so that was interesting about the
1: imperial metrics Uh, thank you for that um
0: trump k Trump came out there's, there's a there's a, a thing that Trump just did that's very interesting regarding what you just said, Jim, because he was on Hannity uh, I'm sorry it was Carlton T- Tucker Carlson just before he got fired the week before he got fired and trump the trump interview that went well beyond an hour might have gone because they did it over a two nights time frame it started with him talking about his uncle john john trump and john trump was a protege of um bush oh v- Vanderbilt. what is the name
1: vanderbilt
0: yes vanderbilt bush okay he was a protég protege of him and he was the one that t- went and took the tesla papers that were in trunks like 18 trunks or something um, after Tesla died. And it was very interesting because the Tucker interview with Trump started out with him talking about his uncle. And then somebody that was writing this article said that he um, he had a podcast shortly after that. Trump was on somebody else's podcast. It wasn't named. And he again started with that. And if you remember, in his inaugural speech, he said, I, I just had it up, but I've taken it down now. But he basically said that it, it, we are going to usher in the new age of science where people can live virtually forever and energy is free. I'm badly miss. Mis- but he was—he he actually, in his inaugural, commented on that's where we're going, and it's just one of those things that you go like, okay, so all of the stuff that we've been touching on here right now with—with with the people that died because they had—they understood free energy. Understand, you can drive a car on water. This is totally free energy. You can take a device that you stick in the ground outside your house and put your wires to it, and you're going to have free energy. You know, it, it, this is not something that is not scientifically understood. It's just anybody that tried to do it was, uh, what we say in the restaurant business, 86th, taken out of the picture.
1: And not only tried, succeeded.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, we are in for a really very interesting. Your, your show ended with good good news, right? Yeah. And the good news is is that we we are at a time where where the realities are absolutely shifting, and the new shift is one of you know reality sci fi. It's going into the future with the same, let's say. Accommodations that you see in Star Trek You know, <laughs> there's people running around worrying about a paycheck <laughs> You
1: know I think but, it shows the the length That these people have gone to 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 brainwash everybody Because it's, it's still beyond the concept of what's possible for many people and yeah, here we are talking about all this stuff and um, you know it's, it's like well we feel like we're working on a different level and that's not meant to be egotistical, it's meant to be that we're kind of here observing this and you know interpreting what's happening on a within a a much bigger concept if that makes sense you know that's what i try to do on the show It's look at it from a much it's the helicopter view of how all these pieces fit together and what it means in terms of a higher consciousness and i'm really fascinated i was going to talk to you about something in terms of animal um you know symbolism but i've got flipping flocks of Birds flying across in front of my RV. And I had another one yesterday. And it's just, I, I don't know if, the, I can't see from here if they're doves or, or anything. But it's like we've got this huge movement happening. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody.
0: Oh, yeah, the animals are definitely having changes. But you can go online. I'm sure you'll find definitions of totems is what they're called animal totems
1: oh yeah yeah because i wanted to share another one um i have had several (laughs) encounters recently with snakes um
2: oh my gosh Jim!
1: (laughs) i'm sorry i know you don't like them but oh man (sighs) i feel bad for you no, 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 no. It was magical, actually. No, I mean, I must say I was a bit rocked <laughs> when it started because <laughs> the first two encounters happened when I was here in Arizona where the owner was not, he was away. And let me tell you the story because last year, um, it was a bit later than this, You know, it really got hot. And I I looked out of my screen door on my RV and there's a snake coming across the pad because this is an eight property, so it's got lots of space. There's a snake coming across the pad towards not straight where I am, but towards where there's a workshop and things. And I'm looking out and I'm thinking, oh, shit, what is it? Uh, Because I was... Keisha was out and I was concerned about whether it's a rattlesnake or not so I got close enough to be able to determine that it wasn't (laughs) and I messaged my friend Kenny who owns the property I said oh my god there's this humongous snake and I mean it was probably four or five feet long oh it's oh it's just a it's friendly don't worry about it it lives in the trees behind your RV so I said well thanks a lot for telling me and then about a week ago I was um, and this was when he was away again I looked out and this snake is just lying on the pad because Keisha is out all the time she kind of come out past my door and she was like in that kind of stalking mode as if to say what's that over there and this snake was just lying there in the middle of the pad. And it was almost like it was waiting for me to see it and acknowledge it. And then it just started moving off into the onto the grass and the trees, because this is like a very fine gravel pad. And then a couple of days ago, and I posted this on Facebook, actually, I heard Keisha bark, and she has like all oh, dogs. She has different barks, and I heard the bark, and I thought, "Oh, okay, nothing to worry about." And then she barked again, and it was not her aggressive bark at all. It was like a "Oh, you know, there's something here I need to tell you about." So I went out, and I'm looking down towards the road, which was the wrong direction because she was behind my trailer, and Kenny was back then, my friend. And I'd gone out and I I thought, well, I can't see where she is. And he said, oh, Jan, um, Keisha had barked because this snake had reappeared. And it was just lying in the grass. And it literally is like five feet long. And so it wasn't aggressive. It was just lying there quite happy. You know, it's like, come and look at me. And Keisha was very good. I mean, she'd warned about it, but she didn't try to go after it. And um, so we both ended up getting our our phones out to, you know, take a photograph and a and a video of it. And then it just decided to move off slowly and quite happily off, you know, towards the border where there's trees and things like that. But I thought, well, it's so interesting, you know, to have two sightings within a week or so, or maybe two weeks, because its it's symbolism is transformation and major change and rebirth and all this kind of thing. So I found that extremely interesting. You know, I'm always on alert for these animal messages and things, but that was just amazing. (laughs) So there you go my story
0: yep that's what it's all about it's 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 your guides using a a very old and ancient native concept of the totem animals have certain messages that they carry with them and they're just telling you this is the right
1: thing the right thing yeah yeah that's what I how I interpreted it yeah you you know you meant to do this so that was uh, that was cool
0: (laughs) okay um i i just posted in uh, the chat should come up in a second here a video that shows joe biden scratching the back of his neck and as he does you can see the mask wrinkles up and then quite quickly begins to go back into a smooth state it rather proves what dolly's been saying (laughs) So it's in chat now. If you're in chat right now, you can click on that. It's very short and you'll see what Dolly's been telling us. Um I just wanted to make sure I got that in there before I forgot.
1: Yeah, I've seen that and people were saying, "Oh, well it's because he's old and when you're old, you know, you." No, no uh, it's not
0: <laughs>
3: that skin does. When you're not. old, you have a you have a rubber surface <laughs> for skin. <laughs>
0: no this way that a human skin would act like that it was creepy as hell when I saw it Yeah. thanks for
2: sharing that Nancy
0: yeah and Rosalind Neal was the one that sent it to me
2: so thank you Rosalind oh hey speaking of Rosalind uh, Walt sent me an email saying she wanted to be friends on Facebook Rosalind it would do you no good because I never go on Facebook (laughs) so I didn't I'm not even going to go in and accept it because I don't go in there. But um, I would friend you if I did go in there. I want you to know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm friends with Rosalind, and she sends me some great stuff. And uh, Gail is another one. What's Gail's not last name? Oh shit, I can't remember. Not to worry, but I do get great, you know, great stuff sent to me from friends on Facebook. Thank you all. <laughs>
2: Thanks for sending that to me, Walt. No problem. So, Dolly, did we
0: cover your list there?
2: Well, pretty much, yeah. Let me take a look on my phone. I think I might have had something on the phone.
3: So, are you going (laughs) to write an informational pamphlet to give out to the audience? How to get rid of uh, suspicious entities? (laughs) No,
2: no. (laughs)
1: Could I just correct that And say Gail Stevens Thank you Gail She's a great uh, source of Great information So I didn't want to mess up that Uh, Thanks I noticed
2: that um, Now Why now but it's better late than never People on the uh, Box that I listen to Which is few and far between now Are discussing The boys that say that they're identifying as a girl, going into girls' locker rooms, getting their eyes full and exposing themselves. Well, now finally somebody, and it was a high school student that I heard talking about it, says, what about us girls? What about our feelings you think we want to be exposed to that and we want to be have to expose ourselves to the boy? Well, I say just walk out or take his clothes and <laughs> escort him out when he takes them off so he has I'd to say walk around.
1: I knee him in the ghoulies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But you get what you pay for. If you want to be a girl, then you haven't got that.
2: Well, so what you- I'm trying to, <laughs> uh, uh, to say is, it's a it's way past time to think about how traumatized the girls get. I mean they're so busy protecting oh the little boy is identifying as a girl. Well that's his issue and he's stay out of girls' bathrooms and lockers. And and finally this little girl has made people pay attention What about us? And she said, I am female. I was born female. I am female. And I act female. But nobody
1: gives a care about me. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, this whole transgender thing has got completely out of hand. Um, You've got Chloe Cole who said, you know, she's actually suing the doctors that, um, you know, pushed her into this reassignment surgery and everything else and you know it, it it's absolutely horrific and the other thing it's it's this erasure of women I mean I was uh, looking through I mean we talked about um Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney and how that's put them in the tank. We've got umpteen others that are uh, adopting this uh, promotion of trans people. The latest one I've seen is Smirnoff that is celebrating, you know, the LGBTQIA, blah, blah, blah. You've got people saying, you know, men dressed up as women promoting women's fashion lines. And it's like, really and you know well, the, air force, exactly. the air force
0: the air force just came out with one where they've got this apparently an actual air force officer tr- changing into a, a, tra- a trans queen and in all sorts of versions of it promoting the air force to, enl- to have enlistment
1: yeah, as a, yeah, a
0: queen. drag queen. Yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely insane. He's a yeah, he he's a drag queen as well as a <laughs> navy officer. Um, what I what I think you have to focus on when you think about this whole thing is that it is incredibly satanic, because if you look at the if you look at the Bible, the Bible starts out and it talks about God, you know, and. I can't tell you if it's God or not, but I know an awful lot of people believe in it. So, from that standpoint, it's a very powerful messaging. So, you've got God that built the entire earth and everything on it in six days. But the last thing it says about the Genesis thing is that, and then he made man and woman. Okay, so the first introduction you get at God in the Bible is that they created Man and woman. And remember, the devil wants us to to beat God. So you have to take that out of the equation. That man and woman is a type of being that was created by God. So they're trying to replace God in every single way. And and to me, we have to get past the... the, I mean, because if you're just looking at the promotion of the trans agenda... It's friggin' nuts. Absolutely. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. So it goes much deeper than that.
0: And the deeper part of it is it's an attack on God again. Get rid of the man and woman concept, which is the basis for human life within the context of the Bible.
1: And I think it it is also, I mean, it's a complete inversion, which is what Satanism is. It's like Moloch, the, you know, the transvestite or the hermaphrodite you know with male and female parts but it's also part of the um, depopulation agenda because you know it is so evil to go after children with this I mean there was a report that that said and I I haven't got it in front of me but these three uh, medical universities Um, doing transgender treatments, and it may have just been, you know, adopting different names and all sorts of things, for two to four-year-olds. I mean, the thing is just insane. But what they're doing to kids who are in puberty, you know, the young teens like Chloe Cole, who are having mastectomies, the, the boys... You know, they're having hormone treatment, puberty blockers. The boys are having similar, you know, they're they're having puberty blockers and female hormones. And I mean, what they're doing is they're basically sterilizing a generation here. Plus, if you look at it with the big picture, with the combination with the COVID vaccines where you've got miscarriages, you've got people not being able to conceive and, you know, infertility, you've got stillbirths, you've got miscarriages, you know, it's, well, you know, it, it, when you add up the things that go together, it's all part of a major satanic um, strategy. And so it's so important that we stand up against that. You know, we've got to stand up against it. We can't let it dominate. We have to be proactive in countering all this crap and not giving in to these trans activists that are, A, calling you transphobic, which is completely the wrong term anyway. I'm not. Hang on, let me finish oh, i'm not a I'm not a transphobe. I am not afraid a phobia is an irrational fear. I am not afraid of trans people. The term is uh, if you were going to use that would be a mistransgenderist, which is like a misogynist or a misanthropist. You know you're against these people. We're not even against them if they want to do that and they're an adult go ahead be my guest you're probably going to regret it bitterly but that's fine do not go after these young impressionable children with your satanic agendas to turn them into something that they were never meant to be and that's where i get really angry about it
3: but isn't the the target of this is is, i mean people who take responsibility the I mean, are these orphans or do these children have parents?
1: Well, where parents, are the parents
3: when all this no, stuff is happening?
1: The parents are, are the, have been, they've been either indoctrinated. Look, there, there seem to be two elements here. It's almost like, well, it's fashionable and it gets attention if I've got a trans kid. I mean, there's that element and you see that. The other element, and this is what chloe cole that's who, who she's come out against this is saying that it's a excuse my french it's a fucking um money it's it's come on it's a money cow because you've got these um you know these supposed. Um, pediatricians and everything else who are saying, well, would you rather have a dead girl or a live boy or vice versa? In other words, if you don't affirm their their gender dysphoria, they're going to commit suicide. You know, this is psychological manipulation. So a parent is thinking, oh, my God, you know, I'd much rather that my child was gonna live and not commit suicide. this is total bullshit because the stu- the statistics show there is no difference in the level of suicide between those that transition and those that don't. and most kids grow out of this. Well I've part t- of the problem
0: part of part of the problem is that the parents are not being told Walt they're actually the kids are told don't tell your parents. And there's laws and regulations that have been enacted by school boards saying that if your child, if a child wants to, is having questions of their sexuality or whatever, that the parent is not to know. That's and a really. It's,
1: it's, it's, <coughs> and it's school boards and the teachers that are introducing this concept to the young kids. They're, they're generating this confusion. And, I mean, I remember my uh, when I was growing up, I was thinking, you know, I do stuff that's more like a boy. Should I have been a boy? You know, today you've got predators that would jump on that and say, oh, well, we need to transition you because you're a boy. No, I was a tomboy. I used to play, you know, with my brothers. I'd be, you know, putting goal, playing football and I'd be playing cricket with them and all the rest of it. It is predatory, absolutely predatory to confuse kids in what is a natural process of developing their own sense of self. And we all have masculine and feminine energies in us. That's that's how we operate. We've got some logic, some action, some strength, which is the masculine energy. We've got the intuition. We've got the nurturing. We've got you know, the softer side in us, that doesn't mean to say we're born in the wrong body if one element is is stronger than another. In fact, my belief is our, our purpose is to bring these two sides into balance so we've got the magical uh, combination of the divine masculine and feminine working together. But it's a complete... Uh, travesty and you know to be prom- promoting the um, m- <sighs> promoting the surgeries, the treatments, these affirmation, not just the surgeries but the hormone treatment, the mutilation of children before their mature adults is the height of evil it it really is i mean there's no other word for it and the poor kids are going to come out of it thinking like chloe cole what the hell did you persuade me to do when I wasn't mature enough to really understand the implications. And you've got, I mean, Texas, you know, they were going to pass this bill which bans this treatment for minors. And you've got all these trans um, protesters there saying we've got to allow children to have this you can't have a tattoo until you're 18. you can't do this until you're 18 you can't do even 18 is too young because they say you haven't really developed the full maturity of thinking until your early 20s so it's it's that's why i'm asking
3: are these children uh parented by retards i mean where are the parents my good i mean they're the victims of the parents because the well, parents are the ones allowing this to be inflicted upon the children.
1: As Nancy was saying, there are policies within these schools that say if a child wants to, um, you know, adopt a different gender, we, we have to keep that secret from the parents. So it, there is that. And the other thing is, as I said, a, it's become trendy. Oh, my kid's trans. So it's the latest fashion plus you've got parents that think that are persuaded by these pediatricians and the surgeons who are basically going after the money telling them well if you don't if you don't you know transition your child she's going to commit she or he is going to commit suicide it's complete manipulation and yes some parents who are not indoctrinated they're standing up to the school boards they won't take the crap from the pediatrician they will you know support the child i don't don't understand
3: is how are schools willing to take on the responsibility for example of not informing the parent for example isn't there 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 are laws regarding minors and not informing the parent when you're dealing with a minor isn't that a big like felony all of a sudden, this is this is a green light. You can do this. Uh, I mean, that that's what 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 I, well, think, I think
1: is. I, I don't know the law on this, and it may differ from state to state. But what the teachers are doing is they are introducing this whole concept of transgenderism to the kids and, you know, there's all this controversy about all the pornographic books in the school's library, what they're doing is they're saying, well, if you feel that way, you know, you may be better not telling your parent. Don't tell your parents about it because they'll probably say, oh, no, you're crazy. They're encouraging the kids to keep it secret from the parents, and it's part of this bigger agenda for the state to control the children, you know, you see so, it in many things that say, well, it's like Biden said on in a speech recently, all the children are our children. Oh, doesn't it sound all peacocks and rainbows? What it means is the state wants to control your children and take the power away from the parents. So it's
3: the straw man thing is that every every time uh, there's a the birth certificate is issued on a child, the child is property of the state, and they issue that a straw man account. So yes,
0: re- that's the reason. That's the legal standpoint that they're on. See, hmm. everybody thinks that the parent has a legal right, but they don't understand. No, you don't have a legal right to your children, period. They're just not telling you that that's the basis of why they can all do this. Big secret. Secret we know, we've know. we known for since the Tea Party. We're down to the last three minutes here. Did you want to make some other
3: statement there, Walt? I'm sorry I cut you off. Nope, nope. I was just uh, saying that uh, a, a response to what uh, Jan is saying. Yeah.
0: The concept is that when you sign a birth certificate saying that you have this child, it's actually a document that is a federal document that gives you gives the state the your child, to be able to take that document, which is now considered a bond, and use it to take out loans from the International Bank. That's what this is all about. It goes back to the 30s. It goes back to the first time you see a birth certificate. My original birth certificate was the size of a postage card. The one that I got as a replacement is a certificate of bond. That's the difference. Um, okay, so you guys wanna say doll, you wanna say goodnight here? We've got two minutes, so take your time.
2: Oh, okay. I hope you get to feeling better, Jake. Um Thanks for putting up with me, y'all. Thanks for making comments to me. And um thanks for being here. We really appreciate you and we need everybody to join energies together to be strong and fight the evil and be, be aware of the beings around you and uh, just take care of your soul. Uh, Don't forget to throw out love blankets with whatever else they need. So bye-bye. Walter.
3: Uh, Okay. And just to uh, echo what uh, Dolly is saying is that we are so incredibly powerful. They're even knocking on our door, begging for our souls. That's how powerful we are. (laughs) (laughs) And Jan.
1: Yeah, great show. Thank you all. We've had some great conversations. And uh, thank you for being here. And I'll be back in probably just over a month as I'm a week early on this one. And I hope you'll pray for a very um, easy and stressless Trip for me and Keisha back to the UK.
0: <laughs> May you be blessed. Thank, thank you. Thank you for thank you for the show, and I think that yes, you should have done it today. Orion, look at the private me- messaging. <laughs> All right, so we're out of here. Everybody, be safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. And let me put this thing on here. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda, it's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.